Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. So today we are going to be continuing our series about lament. Um, and we started off by looking at what lament is, why it's important, um, or us as Christians, and we said that lament can be broken down into um, four different um, elements. And so I brought some chocolates along with me today to see who could suddenly remember when their chocolates offered uh, what the four different stages are of lament. But I'm going to start off first by saying, um, is there anyone under the age of 20 who can remember any of the four stages of lament. Put your hand up. Jaden, turn to God. Okay. Jaden, can you catch? Can I throw? Woo. I'm mom of two boys. <laughs> so, right. Can anyone else remember another stage? Oh, you can be, oh, no, I'm going to do anyone over the age of 50 now. Anyone? Yeah. No, you all get a turn. Anyone over the age of, the people over the age of 50 can't remember anymore. <gasps> okay, let's open it up to anyone. Anyone, any age. Yes. Oh, a winning team over here. <laughs> Choose to trust. That was stage number four. So we're missing the middle two. Oh, yes. Catherine. Yes. Ask boldly. Can I just say the kids are killing it today? Sorry, Catherine. <laughs> I've got one more, and it's the one that I'm speaking on. Well done, David at the back. I'm never going to get that all the way. You want me to try? <laughs> okay. Is the sound okay? Is it a bit? Okay. So we can put up the four stages of lament, and today I will be hearing about bring your complaint. Um, last week we heard from uh, Pete on turn to God, and um, when Adam called me and said, uh, you know, we'd like you to speak on bring your complaint because we thought you'd be good at that. I was wondering <laughs> whether he meant I'm a complainer, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to choose to trust that it was meant, you know, well. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so that's what I'm on today. Uh, let me just get a drink of water. Okay. Did I knock this off? Okay. So this is a really interesting one because actually one of my children doesn't think that we should be complaining to God. So I'm hoping, I'm going to see by the end of this whether I have made a good enough argument to convince him. He is watching from home on YouTube. <laughs> um, so if you can open your Bibles with me to Psalm 31. Um, this is a psalm written by David, and we know that David is 
a man after God's own heart. And yet there are many, many Psalms where he really is lamenting and pouring out his heart to his father. And we're going to start at verse 9. So Psalm 31, verse 9, and it says, Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbors and an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. Here we can see how David is able to be honest about how he's feeling and and clearly not feeling very happy. Um, But I personally have read that psalm quite a few times myself, feeling some of those very same emotions. Um, Now, for some of you, you might think, well, obviously I tell God all the time how I'm feeling. I cry out to God. That's what I do. But for others of us, which I was one of them, you might think that maybe that's not quite something or that we should really do as Christians. We should rather be praising God um, and telling him how wonderful he is. So this morning, I want to look at two things. Um, One, is it okay to bring our complaints to God and our questions and our feelings? And two, if it is okay, then how do we do this? So I want to start by... um, unpacking a few lies that we may not realize that we believe. Now, these are slightly humorous, so I'm just telling you, (laughs) because I like I try and tell Paolo, in in the UK, sometimes maybe our humor doesn't always translate, so tell them it's a joke, okay? You can laugh if you want to, it's okay. So, um, this is actually from a series of tweets by a man called, uh, an author called Paul Young, and it's called Words You Will Never Hear God Say. Um, And there's a few of them, and we're not going to look at these in great detail, but if something jumps out at you, um, it might be something you want to maybe unpack with the Lord later. But um, just going to run through these as examples of some of the lies that we can believe without even realizing it. So, words you will never hear God say, the depth of my affection for you is dependent on you. Words you will never hear God say. I expected you to do better. Words you will never hear God say. I don't like being with you when things get messy. Thank you for the laughs over there. (laughs) Words you will never hear God say. If you don't say the magic words, my hands are tied. Sorry about that. You laugh, but that's one I struggle with, so I have to go back and read this one many times. (laughs) Um, Words you will never hear God say, I would rather you attempt to be holy than be honest. Words you will never hear God say, I find your questions offensive. And this slide... I wrote because I needed a few more to express some of my um, uh, lies that I believe. And um, so words you will never hear God say, your aim is to become superhuman and need me less. 
so that I have time to focus on others. <laughs> um, words you will never hear God say. I will only love you if you praise me all the time. And words you will never hear God say, only tell me the good stuff and add lots of hallelujahs. <laughs> now, the truth is that we all know we're in a relationship with God, and it's not a servant-master relationship. It's a father-son friendship, mother-daughter, however you want to say it, friendship that we are in, in the same way that David had with God. And um, so that means that we have to have the same elements that we have in our human relationships, don't we? So we need to be able to communicate. We have to have trust. We have to have honesty. We have to be ourselves. Um, and we have to learn how to deal with conflict. And so there will even be times of conflict or hard things that happen that we have to speak about with, with our father. Um, and um, if we can just have the next slide where it says, um, this is actually by um, a man called Mark. Now, I'm going to say this in a South African way. That's why I asked you the South Africans were, because I don't know how you say his surname. Is it Mark Froegrop, which is how we would say it in South Africa, or I'll try and say it in English, Mark Vrogrop. <laughs> Froegrop. Um, and he says, the key to lament is that we keep talking to God. In disappointment or frustration, many stop talking to God, and the silence kills their soul. And I know this from personal experience. Mm. So I've been a Christian virtually my whole life um, and always had a pretty good, honest relationship with God. And I think I've shared before that about 10 years ago as a family, we went through quite a, a lot of loss all within quite a short period of time. And I found um, myself having to move countries, um, leave my dream home, um, leave family and friends, um, and my church family, and the charity that I had started and built up for 12 years. And, and then just as we were going, my dad passed away suddenly at the age of 63. And, and so I landed in Dubai um, feeling quite alone and, and quite, well, really angry with God, absolutely disappointed. Um, and, I, and I didn't know how to process those emotions. And so the, the first thing we did, like when we do, is we joined a church, and I went to church every Sunday, and I raised my hands, and I said, amen. And in my heart, though, I was really angry. I was hurting, and I didn't know what to do about it. So every time I just said, this is what I was saying to myself, you've got nothing good to say to God, so just don't say anything at all. And that's basically what I did for six months. Just went through the motions, but we weren't really talking. And, and then God being God started to work on me and bring me back around and um, amazingly led me to a, a DVD series I had packed somewhere in the cupboard that I'd never watched. And it was actually a, ser a series called Life Interrupted by Louis Giglio. And um, in watching that series while the kids were at school and I was sitting in my lounge and um, I he started to unpack some of the lies that I was believing. The first one being that I thought that signing up to be a Christian meant my life would now be perfect and everything would go well for me. 
And especially if I followed all the rules, I am set for life. And then that didn't happen. And then I didn't know what to do with that. Um, and then um, the second big thing that I got from it, so we, there were some other lies. That's not the lie I'm going to go into now. That's another preach. Um, but um, the second thing was that he made everybody write down how they were feeling and tell God exactly how they were feeling right then what, and why. And something about, I suppose, being given permission to do that just helped to let the damn walls burst. And amidst floods of tears and everything else, this is some of the stuff that I said. It sounds quite bad. Don't judge me. Okay. <laughs> so, God, why did you let all of this happen to me? All I have ever done is try to serve you. Why did you abandon me? Why didn't you save us when we prayed so hard for you to? Why did you let my dad die when your words say that if you honor your father and mother, you will live long and it will go well with you? And it didn't. I am so angry. I am so upset. I am so disappointed. I feel like you have let me down. I feel like you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. And the irony of this, though, is that I didn't want to say that to God, but I had been thinking it in my head and my heart all the time, and we know he knows what we're thinking, so he knew all the time. I just thought I was being polite and not saying it. <laughs> um, but somehow being honest with God just unlocked the communication again between us, and I was able to start to process through what I was feeling. Um, so, just gonna, this gives me point one of four points, sorry, <laughs> which is um, coming to the Lord and being honest about how you feel opens the heart and helps you to reestablish communication or to communicate on a deeper level. And the truth is that God is not scared of our questions or offended by our emotions because he made us to be human, which means that he made us to have limits and feelings, and struggles, and that's okay, because that's how he made us. Um, and somehow or other, I believed the lie um, that I shouldn't have any bad feelings. So I thought I was being really spiritual because I had so much self-control. And, and somehow I thought, so I can only have like peace, love, joy feelings, can't have disappointment, frustration, anger, or anything like that, because those are bad feelings. And somehow I thought that's not allowed. And so, um, but actually, the, the truth is that we have been created with feelings. And feelings are an important part of knowing when something's wrong. And in the same way as Jesus said, um, be angry, but don't, um, in your anger, do not sin. Um, so it's actually really important to begin to identify what we're feeling and why. And... Now, I'm going to get up my helper, yeah, my special able-bodied helper here, <laughs> and we're going to do a little, so brave. This is the introvert in the family, and he's the one who was brave enough to come and help me. He's getting a Pokemon pack afterwards. <laughs> so, Luca, do you want to take your position? So, when we have... Feelings. Now, this was explained to me by a psychologist. Um, so I'm just trying to do the demo of it. 
Um, so we have feelings. We get stuck in traffic and we get really annoyed and frustrated. Luca, put the first one in. And so in it goes into our cupboard. We stick it in there. We stick it in the trash bag. We chuck it in the cupboard. We don't really want to deal with that. Then another thing goes wrong that day. We get um, and we feel upset about it, and we stick something else in the cupboard. Then Lucas helped me with a few of these as well. Um, you, um, a girl in his class, dropped her paper on the floor. She wouldn't own up, and the whole class had to stay in and watch everybody else out at break. And the teacher even made them sit and watch all the others having fun for half an hour. Luca put in three of those because he told me afterwards he thought it was unfair, he was angry about it, and he was really upset. And what made it worse was that everyone knew who the girl was, and they tried to tell the teacher, but the teacher wouldn't listen. Oh. Then another one happens. This could be quite a big one, Luca. You find out that you've been uh, made redundant and um, how do you deal with that job loss? Um, another one happens, you were busy trying to multitask and you burnt the dinner and set off the smoke alarm and now there's no food and everybody's cross and cranky and now you've got three moaning children. I, Lucas said, but don't worry, mom, you got us McDonald's. <laughs> okay, a couple more things happened that day, got frustrated by something else, you had an argument with your sister. She wouldn't let you watch the program you wanted to watch. And then you got told off by the teacher because someone made a tower of pricks using your glue stick. You turned around to see why. And the teacher shouted at you, even though you had done nothing wrong. Put some big ones in there, Luca. Okay, pull them up. And so you keep piling all these things into your cupboard. You just keep sticking them in, and you try, every time you try and just close the cupboard door and pretend that it's fine, and you just shove it in, you close the cupboard door, a couple of things might fall out, you close the cupboard door again. You could put the big one in. Try and close that cupboard for us. Can you even close the cupboard door? Okay. Now I want you to try and get something out the cupboard. Okay. Try and get something else out the cupboard. Maybe one of those boxes there. Yep, yep. Pull it out, pull it out. Oh, look what's happening. Try and get something else out. Drop them all on the floor, Luke's. Try and get something else out the bottom of the cupboard. Oh, shame. You're doing it so neatly for us. Let it all go. There we go. So one day you open your cupboard and everything falls out on some poor unsuspecting stranger, probably, or the dog or whoever you take out your frustrations on. Thank you, Luca. So we are humans, and we, need, we have limits, and we need to have regular clear-outs. There's emotional clutter, there's mental clutter, and we need to learn how to process that. And one of the tools we have as Christians is that we can use lament to help us. Lament helps us to see a situation more clearly as well. So, for example, writing down um, what I wrote down with the Lord and expressing helped me to clarify my thoughts and see the situation more clearly and be able to reorientate my thinking. So, as Alexander McLaren writes, 
Doubts are better put into plain speech than lying, diffused and darkening, like poisonous mists in the heart. A thought, be it good or bad, can be dealt with when it is made articulate. So true, isn't it? Once it's actually written down, you see it for what it is, you can deal with it. And then um, th point three, pain narrows your focus, but lament can help you regain perspective by leading you back to the Father. And Adam gave us that great analogy a couple of weeks ago about pain, um, even at its best, is like a wasp on a summer's day at a picnic. That's just all the time. No matter how you try to, much you try to enjoy the picnic, you've still got that buzzing going on. Um, and you just can't see anything except for the buzzing. And that was what was happening to me. If I go back to that time in Dubai, what I wasn't seeing, because I was so... Um, fixated on the pain and the anger that I was feeling was that I actually lived a mile from the beach. The Lord had given my husband a job. We had a lovely home. My children were at a great school. Um, I could walk to the beach any day I wanted. The sun shone every day <laughs> and the water was always warm. I was actually living in a holiday paradise, let's be honest, in Dubai. But what was I seeing? All I could see was the pain and the anger. And I didn't realize. Afterwards, I actually found out the place that we lived, which was called Al-Safa, which in, Arab, in English means place of rest. God had actually brought me to a place of rest um, and, and to, to actually process through some of the things. Um, so point four is that lament actually helps us to move forward. Now, lament is not just a simplistic formula. Instead, lament is the song you sing, believing that one day God will answer and restore. Lament invites us to pray through our struggles with a life that is far from perfect. So let's go back to, to our psalm, and we're going to continue reading there now from verse 13. I'll give you a second to turn there. So Psalm 31, verse 13. For I hear many whispering terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Verse 22 says, in my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. That was me saying, God, you abandoned me. But, I, but actually, I spoke too soon, didn't I? God hadn't abandoned me. Um, he had heard my cry for help. And he goes on to say, love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. So now that we've spoken about is it okay to complain, let's maybe talk about how do we complain because maybe that's where we get a little um, confused. So how do we start using this as a tool and making it a regular practice? So one of the things that I do with, with Luca when he comes home or when something's bothering him is that he'll come and sit on my lap and we'll chat about what the problem is. And I think lament is a bit like that. 
we get to go and sit with our father and tell him what's bothering us. But like when Ruth said about how her dad would kiss it better when something was sore. And so I call it a bit of a decompression chat. We're actually trying to clear out some of the trash from the cupboard. So we'll talk about, so what's actually bothering you? And then I'll hear about the prit and the, what happened. And I'll say, well, how did that make you feel? And then we start to identify the feeling. Well, I felt angry and I was frustrated because it wasn't fair that she said that. Um, and then we'll talk about what are we going to do about that. And um, interestingly, I was never that good at that before. But one of my children ended up seeing a psychologist for, for, psycholo for anxiety a few years ago. And it was really helpful for our whole family because one of the things she did was she came home with a sheet with all of these different emotions on it. And I was like, what are all these emotions? I didn't even know we had this many emotions. Um, and I think we can put up that. Yeah, we, I'm actually going to start giving these out to you now in the next minute or two. And um, we can start handing out the worksheets. There's an adult worksheet and there's a children's worksheet. And yeah, adults should be taking the adults. <laughs> um, and there are crayons for the children and pens if you don't have pens, adults. So just wave if you need it. Um, so you'll see there's two pages there on your worksheet as the adult. And page one is actually a page of emotions. There's all different ones of these on the internet. You can, I just took one that was a free printable. But you can find loads of this on, um, online. Um, and one of the things that I found helpful about this was to actually look at a picture like this and go, how am I actually feeling? Remember when Adam explained so eloquently about his sewage problem? <laughs> um, sometimes we have to bend down and see what's causing the problem. So how are we actually feeling and why are we feeling like that? So that's what we're trying to do as the starting point. Um, and then you'll see on the worksheet, I've, so we're going to, what you're actually going to get to do now is you're going to get to write your own lament. We're mainly focusing on complaining, but I didn't think we could just leave everybody in complaint and then send you off for the rest of your week. So it is a pro the point of lament is to go through the process. We're not meant to stay in complaint. Um, so I've, I've written some pointers there for you. So first of all, you can start off by saying, Lord, I feel, and then pick one of those emotions. Now, Pick something today. We're practicing lamenting. This could be something that's really bothering you on a personal level. It could be that we're just processing through what we've lost with COVID in the last couple of years, whether that's financial or socially or what the kids didn't get to experience at school. Or it could be an injustice that you are lamenting, like um, uh, climate change or something like that. So... Um, then bring your complaint. So you can do that either just by stating it. So, for example, in Psalm 31, where, where um, David just says, my strength fails, I am forgotten. Or you could say it like, it feels like you've abandoned me. If you, if you want to try and be more polite and you've done the boundaries course and you want to, so you can say, God, it feels like whatever it is that it feels like. And then if you want to bring your, you can so you're bringing your complaint, you state the problem, or you might want to ask why, like why did you allow that to happen, why are you so far from saving me, as it says in Psalm 22, 
Or you might say, how? Um, how long, Lord, will you look on? As it says in Psalm 35, how long, Lord, is the foe to scoff? And then ask boldly, articulate what exactly it is that you want from the Lord, and then choose to trust. And this, I think, is the most important bit. It's, it's, you have a yet or a but, and you say, yet, I know that you are good, but I choose to trust you. Yet, I know you are a faithful father, and you're going to come through for me. Um, so we're going to have five minutes now to, to actually do this. Um, if you are a grown-up, you can start. If you are on the children's sheet, I will go through that with you now. Um, and um, so for the kids, and if you're trying to help your kids, you can do as much or as little as you want. Um, you can circle how you're feeling. You can draw in your feeling if that's not right. And then you can write in the bottom, dear God, I am feeling whatever you're feeling because... And you give the reason why. And if you want to carry on, you can say, please help me with, and you can write something in there. And then I know that you love me. Thank you for whatever you want to thank him for. So I hope that's been useful to at least give you a, a chance to try and write something and just practice what we've been talking about. Um, oh, sorry. Um, I know that it's really Adam and Pete's heart that we don't just um, hear on a Sunday, but that actually it becomes tools and practices that we can use to actually help us in our in our day-to-day -day life. And so as we close now, um, the band can come up if you want to start getting ready. Um, we're going to be ending by singing um, Christ Alone, Cornerstone. And... Um, even in times of lament, this has been one of those songs that for me has been really powerful. Um, and as you might have seen, we've had a lot of imagery around the ocean um, in, um, in the series and, and the storms of life. Um, and it made me think of two things. And the first one was that about 20 years ago, you know, as you do in your 20s, we went sailing around the Mediterranean, seven of us with only one who knew um, how... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, as you do like stupid things, only one, only one person knew how to sail. Um, the rest of us Googled what starboard and whatever the other one was <laughs> um, so that we could run when he said duck out the way of the boom. Um, and anyway, so one night, in the middle of the night, storm, um, we, we were like anchored off the coast of Turkey and a massive storm breaks out. And the swells are huge. We're not in a proper harbor. We're just off the coast somewhere. Um, and there were a couple of other boats moored over there. And, 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 and the boat just started swinging. And as the waves were hitting, the, we were about to be crashed onto, uh, you know, between, uh, onto other boats as well. Um, and so we had to run from one side to the other with these big buoys. Um, and I don't know if you call them buoys here, oh, boys. <laughs> and you had to run from side to side so that when you when it swung that way, you didn't crash into that boat and you had to try and put that down to sort of bounce you off again and then run to the other side. It was quite a frightening experience, to be honest, and especially when it's black outside, it's the middle of the night, you have no idea really what you're doing. And like I say, only one guy knew how to sail. Um, 
And But what was amazing was that despite the strong winds and the huge swells and waves, the anchor held. Um, and whenever I sing that line in Cornerstone about my anchor holds within the veil, it makes me think about how we are anchored into the heart of God. Um, you know, not just somewhere, not just holding us in his hand, but we are, we are tied to his heart like an umbilical cord is to a mom. And um, the other thing that made me think of as well is that Growing up in South Africa, and we go to the beach a lot, and there were some um, some beaches where you have really huge waves. And so we, my dad would always teach us that if you can't jump over the wave, the best thing to do was to go under the wave. So you just go underneath, and the wave crashes over you, but you're actually fine underneath, and you just step up on the other side. And it's a weird space going under that wave. It takes a bit of a, it's a bit scary. You think, oh, am I going to go under? Um, but all the you know, the, you know, the whiteness of the wave and all the crashing is happening at the top. And actually underneath, it's very peaceful. And so that reminds me again of, like, the, the secret space where God is, you know, the, the, the secret space in his heart, um, which um, I think it's Psalm 91 where it says, and we dwell in the secret space um, um, and uh, the secret place. <laughs> and... Um, so, yeah, so I just want to encourage you when you're seeing those, those swells and those crashing is that actually we can, we can dive underneath and go to the, the secret place um, where, it's, where it's peaceful, where, where we're close to the Father's heart, um, and, and, um, and he's with us. So as we sing this, um, just want to encourage you to let your faith rise, because I'm sure as you wrote down at the end of your lament, that you know that he is trustworthy, he is faithful, um, he is a good father, he's kind and he loves us. And, and so um, no matter what you're going through, I felt like when I was driving here this morning that some, someone needed to know that God wanted to tell them that there were still good times coming, um, that maybe you felt like this is, this is the end or that things just were never going to get better. But I felt like God wanted to say to you, there are good times come. There are good times ahead. Uh, just wait and see. Um, so as we sing the song, just let your faith rise, and with everyone, thank you.